What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, we'll be going over some comments from Nick Friedle and how many of you guys in the comments have echoed the same sentiments, but I'll be breaking all that down. Plus, we'll be doing reviews for the seasons of Lonzo Ball and Alice Caruso. All that and possibly some more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, so I want to first start off with the comments of Nick. You guys already know how I feel about Nick Friedle. Nick Friedle's an idiot. I, I, don't, I don't like Nick Friedle. I just don't like, well, I don't like the way Nick Friedle talks, right? The way that he puts his words together, he sounds like a child. But with that being said, Nick Friedle has been around the Chicago Bulls franchise for a while. And since he's been gone, it really does seem like he has an axe to grind or whatever the phrase is with the Chicago Bulls. So we have a new quote from him. And the reason why I didn't want to talk about this is because many of you guys in the comments have kind of echoed the same sentiment. And I want to talk about it, break it down, not from an attacking standpoint, but just from a basketball sense and just where the Chicago Bulls stand at. So let's go ahead and get into the comments first. I'm going to read the direct quote so I don't don't paraphrase. And it's this one. He said this on the Hoop Collective podcast, the same podcast in which uh, Brian Windhorse's comments came out. But it's this. What has Zach Levine ever done on a winning team that leads you to believe that this is a foundational piece that you need to give max money to and that you are going to be closer to a title? Now, while <coughs> I can say that I can maybe understand some of the sentiment of a Zach Levine is not a player that may be good enough alone to get you get you a title. I've said even here on this podcast that you need a player either as good or better than Zach Levine on the same team as him to get to to win a title. That's just what I feel. That's not a slight on Zach. There are some players that are that are true ones that them alone get you in the title contention. But those are the transcendent. Those are usually the generational type players. And even then, they usually have another star to superstar next to them. So. With that being said, I want to talk about this. What has Zach Levine ever done on a winning team? Well, let's first be clear that Zach Levine has only ever been on one winning team in his NBA career, and that team ended, or that season ended, with him being completely hobbled with back and knee issues. Before that happened, his, he had one of the highest efficiency ratings of his career. He was averaging close to the same thing DeMar DeRozan was averaging, and he was being a very good piece in learning how to take over games and pick his spots and be very efficient in that. Now, to say what is what to, to give Zach Levine max money. Let me let me talk about this, and I know it's, and I'm going to talk about this because I know a lot of people. This it's going to happen until Zach Levine signs. Is Zach Levine worth max money? And keep in mind, there have been players much worse than Zach Levine to get the max, right? There have been players that have had worse injury history that have gotten the max than Zach Levine. Now, one thing that does hurt Zach Levine in the conversation for those detractors that the anti-maxers who don't want to see Zach Levine get the max is the fact that Zach Levine, even when he was the best player on the team, when he was when you know, even though the team wasn't good, right? We we know that he didn't have the best roster around him. He couldn't even get you to to the to a playoff team. Right, he couldn't get you to a playoff. So I understand the sentiment there. But keep in mind when you when you're paying a player right or wrong, I'm not even saying that I agree or disagree with, and I know this is gonna set off a lot of you guys in the comments. When you're giving a player a contract and they're staying on your team, you're not only paying them for that, that what's coming up, you're also paying them for what what they've done for the team and for the franchise. Zach Levine was underpaid. 
for, on his last deal. They Now the Bulls let the market set that deal. He went out. He signed an offer sheet with Sacramento. The Bulls decided to match it. They let the market dictate what they gave Zach Levine, but he was very much underpaid for his production and what he gave the team over the course of that contract. So you're going to work it in. You're going to pay him more. Also, when you look at a player that you completely reshape the team to build around that player, the Bulls gave up, what, four first-round picks in the last year and a half, two years, to help build around Zach Levine to get rid of some pieces that weren't quite working out to help get this team to being where it is now? Listen, I understand. And like I said, I'm not even – I'm leaving my opinion out of this, right? I'm not even going to say what I feel like Zach Levine should get paid, but Zach Levine is getting the max, and he's staying here in Chicago more than likely. Like, again, we'll we'll see if some things shake up. We'll see if some things happen. If Zach Levine's comments do actually lead him maybe going to another team and the Bulls end up working a sign and trade, we'll see. But for anybody who thinks that the Bulls should just let Zach Levine walk, that is not only one of the most idiotic sports takes, it's very short-sighted, and that's not how you build a team. Even if the Bulls ultimately look at it and say, hey, we probably need to move on from Zach Levine. It makes more sense to get him on the contract and to move him on the contract. Keep in mind, the NBA has shown, as we've seen John Wall, if you've seen uh, 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 Westbrook deals, there's no unmovable contract in the NBA. And because of that, if anybody who thinks the Bulls should just let Zach Levine walk are more, some of the most short-sighted and they almost don't deserve to have any, any basketball opinion at all. If your opinion is that the Bulls should just let Zach Levine flat out just walk and not assign and trade at the very least, the least should be a sign and trade the most of Zach Levine should be here on a max but if you think that the Bulls should just let Zach Levine walk scot-free that's stupid and idiotic and you know I don't hold my words here and if that offends you I don't give a fuck that's a stupid idiotic take to think that the Bulls should just let Zach Levine walk and that somehow makes the Bulls a better team it doesn't it doesn't and that's one thing we either overvalue our own players or we undervalue them because of us seeing issues and people using Zach Levine that was not the true Zach Levine in the playoffs or in the second half of the season I would go on to say that that was hopefully that's not this team as a whole either with the way that they've played um and it since the all-star break but again Zach Levine being on that knee and that's not to throw that's not to completely excuse it right because you know, yes, he was hobbled. Yes, he was hurt. Yes, that does affect the way that you play defense. Yes, that does affect your lift, your go. It affects all that. And at the end of the day, you have to give Zach some credit. You have to go off what AK and Eversley have said as well. Well, AK specifically in this in this postseason presser, he doesn't expect Zach Levine's need to be an issue when it comes to his unrestricted free agency. So what that means in the way that I decided to read that is that it means that that's not going to keep them from offering them a, a, a max level deal. Now, maybe the Bulls do want some injury provisions laced in that deal, but it's technically going to be a max as long as he hits certain milestones. We'll see. Is Zach Levine going to get offseason knee surgery? You know, he said he, that's not been determined yet. That may be some posturing. I do fully expect for him to get offseason knee surgery. But guess what? I'm telling you guys right now, if he gets offseason knee surgery, that almost all but certainly that's more of a that that leans more towards the Bulls actually resigning him than it does to let him walk scot free, mainly because he's going to accept the offer that the Chicago Bulls give him if it's about getting the most money and being locked in um, and having the most security for your family long term because of the need, because of the be already being 27 years old, whatever it is, it makes more basketball sense for the Bulls to go ahead and sign him. Like I said, if they need to trade him later, they can do so. Um, there's no deal in the NBA that's un, that's completely unmovable. We've seen it. 
But any like to to say or have the mindset that Zach to let Zach Levine just walk away if another team wants to resign him is idiotic, and it's not a, a something that this front office is going to do. This front office is way more intelligent than just to let Zach Levine walk away scot free because of everything that's happened so far in his Bulls tenure. That's my opinion. I want to hear from you guys down below. Like I said, I know that may fire some of you guys up, and that is perfectly fine. And I expect it and want to see it. But we're going to go ahead and move on. We're going to do the season reviews for Lonzo Ball and Alice Caruso. The reason why I'm doing both of them is because they both, their seasons were shortened so much that I feel like it's a good, and, and there's a lot of overlap between them as far as what they offer this team with their basketball IQ, things like that. But I'm going to start with Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, who played 32 games, 35 games, I'm sorry, for the Chicago Bulls, averaged 13 points in that 42% from three-point shooting while taking uh, between three and seven, averaging between three and seven three-pointers per game for the Chicago Bulls, free throw percentage of 75%, overall field goal percentage of 42.3%, which matches his three-point percentage mainly because we saw it. He took mainly threes. Um, but Lonzo Ball season and what he – what he was everything he was advertised to be when he was on the court for the Chicago Bulls, the transition. I want to see Lonzo Ball get to run more of the half-court offense, but everything he was advertised to be that we needed him to be, the communicator on defense, the switchability on defense, the energy, the activity, the three-point shooting, the being our second-leading rebounder in the time that he was here, all those things, Lonzo Ball was everything that we needed him to be plus some. And that's all without Lonzo Ball being used to his fullest uh, potential by this coaching staff as well. In my opinion, again, it's not an opinion that everybody might share, but in my opinion, that's where I sit with that. Lonzo Ball also having the second highest player efficiency rate rating of his career while his usage rate went down from 21 in his last season in New Orleans to 17.7. Here in, here in Chicago, meaning that he was used way less. His assist-to-turnover ratio, amazing. His true shooting percentage is 57%, the highest true shooting percentage of his NBA career thus far. Five seasons in the NBA. Lonzo Ball was everything that he was advertised to be. Now, I will say that his grade is going to be dinged some by the availability. And again, some of that is outside of his control. Um, but... What he brought defensively, what Lonzo Ball's communication, if you look at the first part of the season, when Lonzo Ball was in there, Zach Levine was in there, Zach Levine was a better defender, and a lot of players on the court were better defenders with Lonzo Ball out there because of the way that he communicates, because of his basketball IQ and the way he's able to read what other teams are trying to do on offense and communicate that to their players because players like Zach Levine, who we know don't have the best basketball IQ, when you have a player that not only communicates but has great basketball IQ, it helps them be more aware. It helps them close that gap with their own basketball IQ because they have a player out there that is covering them. All those things were true with Lonzo Ball being out there. Lonzo Ball, in, in going into next season, a healthy Lonzo Ball, his durability, his versatility on defense, and being able to switch between one to four in, in some cases, depending on the size of the four. Lonzo Ball was very important for what the Chicago Bulls team was doing when they were at their best. And looking into this backcourt that's going to be of Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball, Alice Caruso, who we're going to talk about next, Io DeSumo, whatever else happens, if Kobe White's still here or not, it's going to all be important. And Lonzo is going to be a huge reason why of that. When you look at the way that the Bulls, their defense was at the beginning of the season, those those turnovers that they were used to get out in transition, him and Alice Caruso were very uh, high parts and reasons for that. So when I look at Lonzo Ball's season grade, it's a B plus 
but it definitely would have been an A to A, A minus to A had he been healthy for the full season. Lonzo Ball was everything that we needed him to be. And I hope that he gets back healthy because a healthy Lonzo Ball makes this team so much more, so much better. His creativity out in the fast break helps players that may not like, we don't have the best offensive players off the bench, but it helped those players be more dangerous offensively. Guess what? Because you were getting out in transition, because you were getting those easy buckets, because you were getting steals, because you were playing effectively on defense. And Lonzo and Alice Caruso were very important parts and pieces to that. Lonzo Ball's defensive rating above average for the NBA. We already knew that was going to be the case because Lonzo Ball is that level of defender. Now, next, let's get into Alice Caruso. I gave Lonzo Ball a B plus. Let me know what you guys think down below. Let me know his grade. I'll also put up a poll so you guys can vote on. We're going to talk about Alice Caruso next. Alice Caruso, again, to say what I said before, and in different ways, right, vastly different ways. Because we, Alice Caruso is not nearly the offensive player that Lonzo Ball is. And one thing I did forget to mention about Lonzo Ball, because I do also like to mention some things that I like to see players improve on before we get fully into Alice Caruso, is I want to see Lonzo Ball be better at finishing around the rim. I want to see those awkward passes when he does get, get to the cup go away, and I want to see him turn that into either floaters, layups, dunks, whatever it is. I want to see Lonzo Ball use those opportunity of penetration to get easier points for him and his team. And I also want to see him use more as the half-court facilitator as well. That's more in the coaching staff, but those are some things that I want to see from Lonzo Ball heading into next season. Alice Caruso. Alice Caruso season. 7.4 points, 3.6 assists, 4, 4 assists, a PER of 11.75. Again, all amazing. <laughs> we, are, <laughs> we already knew that. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. Still sick. We all knew that. Um. Three-point uh, three shooting percentage of 33.3%. That's down from the 40% he shot last his previous season with the Lakers, but that's right on path what he shot the 2019-20 season with the Lakers, which he also gave 33.3%. Actually, if you look at Alice Caruso's averages for a career, he has his first season was a 30% uh, 30 three-point shooter. Then he was a 48% three-point shooter the following season. Then he was 33.3% the season after that. Then he was 40.1% the season after that. And then this season with the Chicago Bulls, 33.3%. So if those trends hold true, we're getting 40% three-point shooting from Alice Caruso next season. I just wanted to throw that out there. 39.8% overall from the field from Alice Caruso. That's the lowest field goal percentage for his career. A lot of that is due to when he did come back that wrist was not fully healthy and we know what that meant to, to Alice Caruso and how that changed this game as far as offensively and the shooting wise so I do think I do give a lot of those percentages due to that wrist again not making excuses for it that is a reason um, he had he had only 1.4 turnovers per, per game he averaged 0.4 blocks per game and four assists per game coming off the bench 3.6 rebounds as well that is a solid stat line from, from a six-man coming off your bench. He played 41 games this season, started 18 of those games, um, averaged 28 minutes per game for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, those were the highest minutes he pl he's played per game in his NBA career. Alice Caruso, again, was everything he was advertised to be. And I, I was very doubtful on Alice Caruso when the Bulls signed him. I thought that they gave him too much money. I did not think Alice Caruso was going to be as important defensively as what he ended up being. I was completely wrong on that in my preseason preview, and I'm, and I'm happy to admit that I was wrong on that because Alice Caruso was everything that you wanted Alice Caruso to be. He gave you everything. Alice Caruso's season, while cut short, while affected by that wrist injury, by the way, fuck Grayson Allen, um, it was everything that you that it was advertised to be. 
I would like to see Alex Caruso uh, offense improve. I would like to see him hit more of those open shots and drain that. I would like to see that three-point clip get higher back into that 40% range, of course. But everything else Alex Caruso gave you was what we needed from Alex Caruso. And we saw what his energy brought back when he came back. And then, unfortunately, he went down with another injury. And then we even saw in the game, in the two games that the Bulls looked good in the playoffs, in game one and game two, Alex Caruso was drastically important to those games and a big part of why they were able to win those games. When you look at the defense that Alex Caruso was able to play on somebody like Giannis and not get completely outworked, it's hugely important of what Alex Caruso can bring off the bench for the Chicago Bulls heading into next season. He's a big part of why I think that the Chicago Bulls, if everyone can stay healthy. Now, again, health doesn't mean not missing any games because they're going to Zach's going to miss some games because of rest, if nothing else. Lonzo's going to get some rest games, if nothing else. It's going to happen. But if this backcourt, Io DeSumo, Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball can stay healthy for the most part of the season, I think we have the best backcourt rotation in the NBA. Especially if Io DeSumo continues to scratch that surface a little bit more and unlocks more of his offensive game that he had in college, which I talked about yesterday, so I'm not going to get into that heavily. The Bulls possibly could have the best backcourt rotation when you talk about those four total players in the NBA. And I know dumbasses like Keith are going to be in the comments. Oh, Alex, they're too small. No, he's not too small. 6'5", 186 pounds is not too small to play point guard in the NBA. And definitely Io is not too small. Alex Caruso gets another B-plus for me. And again, that's because when he was on the court, everything, if you watch the game, the stats are not going to pop out out to you. Kind of like when Ben Wallace was in his, take those stats, throw them out. Watching the NBA game, watching what Alice Caruso brings, watching how he changes the energy, watching how he gets turnovers and gets out in transition and helps this team, watching the games. Alice Caruso was everything you wanted Alice Caruso to be for the Chicago Bulls in this season. That's my opinion. I want to hear it uh, from you guys down below. What did you think about Alex Caruso's season? What do you think about the Bulls' backcourt potential going into next season? If Zach Levine resigns and everything else, and if they can get relative health, what do you think the outlook is for the backcourt rotation as a whole heading into next season? I want to hear from you guys on it. I have polls up about the, the, the season grades overall. But that's it for me for today. Thank you for tuning in, Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave us a text and or voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. That is it. Thank you so much for your love and support throughout all this, especially while I'm getting back healthy. I appreciate you guys. Make sure you see red. Don't be red. Go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.